Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting absolutely blittled together, is blittled a word, Lisa? We have <laughs> no. decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one. I feel like you're a bit blittled today. <laughs> so we started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle, to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have loads of fun without the booze. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has literally everything that you could possibly need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Hello. Hi. Right. I'm not saying this to you. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. I cannot believe this is our first one back. The first one of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Because, Lisa, who balls up last week? You. I well did, did I? I knew we had a podcast last week. I know. Right, so I went to Lisa's house last week, bearing in mind that probably the reason I was at Lisa's house was to record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I went there and she said, have we got a podcast today? And I went, no, it's next week. And we got chatting and then we decided we weren't going to do any work, that we were going to go out for some lunch. Yeah. And then we had a message off our guest and Lisa was like, I knew it. We'd actually left somebody. I couldn't even believe it. We sat there with this jocking scone, jam, cream, <laughs> and a cup of tea. And then we get this message and I was like, Alex, this is awful. I couldn't even apologise to him enough because it's just so rude. Like, it's awfully so rude. <laughs> How it rude really is that? Is. Like, I couldn't help thinking, like, you arrange your day for things like that. When yeah. you've got a commitment, you should stick to that commitment. And I'm more gutted because in my gut, I knew it was that day. I know, you, you like, should no, listen no, to no. yourself. Like, and the thing was, I was so convincing and convinced. I was like, no, it's definitely next week. And yeah. because of it, I had to arrange two pod- rearrange two podcasts. So I actually created more work for us in the end. I know, never mind. We've got him on on today. I can't speak today either. I don't know what's up with me. I don't know what Um, did I say at the start. That was a funny word, wasn't it? Blittled. Blittled. I might use that. I quite like it. Yeah, I like it. I love making words up. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You've always made words up. I have always since I'm a little. You know what I always thought I made up? I don't even know why I've had this memory. It's like freaking me out a bit. But when I was at primary school, I made... I thought I'd made the word up, tough bunnies. And then one of my friends started <laughs> using it. And I was like, oh, she's copying my word. <laughs> and I was so upset. What did it mean? Like tough, tough bunnies. What, like, like tough look? Yeah, tough look, tough bunnies. <laughs> I, I, th- I think you did make that up. You were right first time. I've never heard that. <laughs> um, did we once have a conversation about funny words that we use? I don't know. Like, I've got a really clear memory of being with my in-laws and saying, as we were on a walk, I've crookled. Oh, yeah, we have. We, we did, have didn't we? I swear to God, my father-in-law that. thought I'd trumped. He did. He's like, you've done what? I was like, oh, no, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, we did definitely have this. Um, and like, ginnel and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, but Bam, that's... bap. Don't say bap. Muffin. 
<laughs> don't say muffin. Why? What? <laughs> Ew, a, it's bacon, a bacon butter, a bacon balm, a bacon muffin, a bacon cob. sandwich. Cob. Cob. That's yeah. corn on the cob. Yeah, some people call it a cob. <laughs> I think it's the Midlands that call it a cob. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my husband talks about somersaults. Not that he would ever do a somersault. Oh, God, I said, bloody hell. He only did, last time he did one, he was about three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he calls it a gamble. That's weird. I don't. I thought that was his made-up word, but apparently that's another Midlands one. Yeah, no, I've never heard that. <laughs> a, gam, a gamble. A gamble, yeah. So when you do a somersault, it's a gamble. Shows yeah. your gamble. Yeah. Mm. I quite like hearing different words, though, me. You know, when you're out and about and you listen to people in different settings yeah. and they say stuff, I'm, I'm well nosy. I bet our next guest has got some different words. Oh, yeah. Irish accent coming. Yeah, oh, we yes. like an Irish accent, which is really funny because we've just been talking about going to Dublin. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, I've got somebody at the door. Oh, blimey, for goodness sake. This is what happens to me sometimes. So now I've just got to sit here and talk a load of rubbish. But yeah, what Lisa was about to say to you before, she's actually just left me, like completely left me. I have no idea when she's coming back. So I've got a twaffle on now. But yeah, um, we're talking about going back to Dublin now, bearing in mind that the the last time Lisa and I went to Dublin, a good few years ago now, and we were absolutely blind drunk, the pair of us. Blind drunk, not just for a day, for like the whole weekend, nearly missed our flight home. We ended up getting taken somewhere by our taxi driver. Not involuntary, he didn't kidnap us, we asked him to. <laughs> we actually said to him, can you take us to a really proper Irish pub? And then when we got to the Irish pub, we announced to him... He suggested it. He no, didn't. It bloody did. He said, you've got loads of time. Do you want to come to this pub? So we were like, yeah, yeah, we'll go. Because we were already drunk on the way back. We didn't even have any money on us, did we? We only had enough for the taxi fare. The poor guy ended up going in his own pocket and buying our Guinness. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he did. He did buy our Guinness. You know what? I've just been to answer the door then for that parcel, two parcels. And you know, like they take a picture now, don't they, of the parcel on your doorstep and stuff yeah. to prove it. But I literally had hold of the parcels near my face because like they were saying, he was uh -huh. like, oh, can I take a picture? So I've just held the parcels in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so awkward. I don't like that. So Why did they take a photo? You see all these parcels now, don't you? On like on social media, on TikTok just, and stuff. Yeah, left in random places saying, "Do you recognise this bin? I don't have a blue bin." <laughs> yeah, people getting every parcel saying it's been delivered. I just think it's so intrusive. Like you've got hold of the parcel, like can I have a picture? Um, yeah, there you go. Jeez, <laughs> it's like well awkward. It is awkward. I've got my neighbour's parcel downstairs. I've just realised. Yeah. Do you know what I did yesterday? I took that parcel. By the off. way, the parcel is not for me. It's for my daughter. Just want to point that out. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. What was the last one for? Uh, Olivia. Two for Olivia. She's. This is your fault. This two, two, and the cat food. Well. This is your fault. You've to look what you've done. You've created a monster. She's an Amazon woman like you. Oh, she is. She actually is. <laughs> you know what I did last night. I, I'm. I am joking here because I actually got an Amazon parcel yesterday as well, and I ended up taking one in for my neighbours. 
Right. And then honestly, Lisa, I, I am very concerned about my health. <laughs> Within 30 seconds, my husband came in and he was like, um, who's is this parcel? And honestly, I'd forgotten. I was looking at it like with a really gormless face, staring at it. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, it's got the next door name. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear you. And I do it all the time now. Oh, I like it's great. Fog, I'm telling you, it's so real. I'm so kind of pleased to find out that brain fog is a real thing because since we started these podcasts, and I use this as an example in like the menopause group that I run now, and I have been in such in-depth conversations on these podcasts and anybody that has listened to them from the beginning to the end will know how often that I've done this. But I'll be like so passionate. I'll be talking about it and I'll be like really involved. And then it is like somebody has come in, scooped my brain out of my head, right? And I'm like... I don't know what I'm talking about. And I can see that everybody else will be like, what do you mean? How can you just like suddenly forget what you're talking about? And it's really different. Like, it's not like scrambling around for a word, like using, using your normal pathways. It's literally vanished. Like, I have no clue what I'm talking about. And it's really embarrassing sometimes because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I sounded quite into that. And now I'm like, what are <laughs> we talking about? It happens to me. It happened to me on BFIT yesterday it's morning. Scary. It's yeah. really, it's really scary. And it's one of the things that has scared me the most into this is why I've gone to kind of speak to the nurse and talk about menopause because I my grandma had dementia and I've started to really scare myself thinking, God, does it like come on this soon? Is that kind of where I'm heading? And I actually read an article the other day about HRT being oh, a preventative for dementia and Alzheimer's. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so interesting. So I've got an appointment. That my appointment's actually been brought forward because it cancelled and it was ages away. But it's this Thursday, so I'm speaking to um, the menopause nurse. So that'll be interesting because I'm going armed with all my facts. I bet you've got a massive briefcase of stuff. I have. Not in a briefcase. No, I've got, I've got a folder and I am taking it <laughs> and she probably will think I'm a wanker, right? But I know, I know I need to go without making like, like I don't want to be a know-it-all because I definitely don't know it all. But I also know that they've not done training in it. So I don't want to make her feel like a dick because she's not done a training. <laughs> so I need to find this happy balance of like I really I know that this is happening and I need you to know it's happening and not just palm me off like everybody else has done I want to go in and say I want this and this thank you very much I know what I'm talking about and off I go with my prescription that's what I want have I you want got it like have you got it in your please? head of what prescription you want yeah, well, I want the gel. I want to try estrogen gel. I've got that Mirena coil. Um, it's it's being replaced next month. So that does like the progesterone side of it. Yeah. And then the, so I want to try the gel. Yeah. And my blood, and I've had my blood test done as well. So we'll see. But I said to the nurse, because she was like, oh, right. Um, so you think it might be that? So I was like, yeah, I, I, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like oh so if your blood tests come back I said yeah if they come back all right then I'll I'll want them tested again in six weeks I said because apparently you know it can fluctuate so much and she was like mm. 
<laughs> like, uh oh, we've got yeah, and I didn't we've got a Billy like, briefcase over here. <laughs> no, and I don't want to go acting like a wanker because then my boyfriend was saying, if somebody come into my garage, reckoning to know it, I said, yeah, I am not a car, Rob. <laughs> I wouldn't research my car online, but yes, I would research my body online. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I do. I think it's fair. And do you know what? From my own experience of going to my GP the other week, they appreciate a little bit of your own insight because a lot of it is done on clinical diagnosis. Yeah. A lot of it is done based on how you feel. So if you go in and say, this is how I feel, I've done this research, I've got X, Y, Z symptoms, and I've looked into what treatment I'd prefer, yeah. surely that's got to help. I know, but see how well you can articulate that. I can. That's bull. No, I really struggle with things like this. So I'm going to have a right good practice before I go in. Get a flashcard, right? And say to them, <laughs> I'm serious. And say, right, when I'm I've in not had a flashcard since I was at primary school and it had like words on it. Well, this will have words on it as well, but <laughs> it'll have words that'll help you, right? So you go along with your flashcard and you say, <laughs> oh just excuse me a minute while I get my flashcard out of my briefcase. <laughs> no, stop it. You say, <laughs> you say, I just want to get my flashcard out. And the reason you tell them you've got a flashcard is, look, I've written everything down because I just know in these situations, one, I have brain fog and two, yeah. I've got a bit of social nervousness. So yeah. when I'm in this situation, I don't want everything I want to say to you to go out my head. Stop yeah, I've, down. I have actually written that down. So rather than a flashcard, even though I'm laughing at you, I, I have got like oh. um, a sheet, <laughs> a cryptic A4 sheet, two sided. Oh, I was thinking about five words. You've got a full essay. <laughs> yeah, because I need to write every single, you know what I was like when we first started these podcasts? I'm like, write it down, write it down. Whereas it comes more naturally now. But yeah, I have um I have thought about that and I am gonna go in. And if they don't listen to me, wait till they find out that I've got rage too. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny, right? You say to me just a second ago, right? Yeah, you're all right. You can articulate that well. But because it, the the um, situation has never had to come up, what people don't realise about Lisa is she is the most placid person, the most tolerant person until she's not. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, hell hath no fury like Lisa scorned. <laughs> so I don't know how this happens. It's You've always just... been the same. It's that trigger. I think I'll take it and take it and take it. Um, and then, yeah, and then I just don't. <laughs> and I see it when you were saying about I've created a monster. I actually see it in my youngest daughter. Um, and she's very, very similar. I think you and me are similar in that way as well as in you know from children from even from being kids yeah. I think you and me are quite similar both of us have got a really big tolerance I'm a snapper aren't I get to a point and snap yeah yeah yeah, like so, are you thinking about that time? Because every time we discuss this, I can't not think about the time when that guy came to do our branding for Be Sober. Oh, and, no, I haven't thought and about it. And he turned up like, so funny. situations like this make me so awkward, but I'll just try and quickly say it because our guest is actually in the waiting room. But... um he came to our house to do and we'd, we'd given these ideas and was like, be sober and we want a really good logo and what have you. And we had all these ideas and he came to the house saying <laughs> that he'd got all these ideas for us and he had nothing. He had like, a phone. 
he had a phone, like just his phone, and nothing was even on his phone. He had. They kept uh, looking at blank nose page. A, a blank no, that's what I mean. And like he told us that he was going to come around and he had some ideas for the logo. So it just fell and he came in this flashy car. I was fuming. I was so fuming that it was just a waste of time. It, it like you, you literally, honestly, like shimmied him out of the house so fast, right? But it was so out of character. Like we were sat there, all patient and and just gently. Were, were we bored? We, we were oh, all really sat there bored. looking at each other, thinking this, this is not the man for us. We can sit here for another. Three but then hours, you but said not it. Be the man for us. You actually said to him, "You are not the man for us." Well, it wasn't. <laughs> 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 Imagine saying that, right? With all due respect, thank you. But you've got you, and you even said to him, "You're looking at a blank notes page. You are not the man for us." <laughs> Get out of my house! <laughs> I didn't say that bit. <laughs> you might as well have done. I know. Out fast enough for yeah, you. How relieved were you though when I did it? Oh, it was funny. You were relieved because then yeah, we're going to have to waste another like three. Our life's too short. I've realised that since stopping drinking. No time for shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, introduce our guest. Oh, I've not, I've not got it. Oh, well, t- let's just say who we've got and a little bit. We know a tiny little bit about him, don't we? Yeah, we do. But I'm going to try and find it. You start. So we have a member and he's called Aidan and actually... I believe, I believe he lives in Dubai now, is that right, Lisa? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, yeah. He's originally from Ireland and he got sober and he's got quite a story to tell. Right, go on, formal introduction instead of my shit one. <laughs> right, okay then. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Aidan is a 25-year-old who could be described as in somewhat of a quarter-life crisis. After 12 years of masking the effects that the continuous partying, excessive drinking was having with overachieving and aiming to appear to have everything under control, he couldn't continue on the constant cycle of drinking, doing something stupid, feeling anxious and fearful only to do it all over again. I think we've all done this. Um, I think I'm going to leave it at that because I've got this bio from a conversation that me and him was having on Instagram and now I'm worried that that's a part of our conversation and not the bio. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Let's just bring him in. Right, okay. I'm pressing it now. Are you ready? Oh, maybe we're not so professional. <laughs> well, we say that at the end. I know. <laughs> You'll know what we mean. <laughs> oh, I've just ruined it all. Hello. Oh, hello. 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 How are you? Good are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. So nice to see you. Oh, yeah. So nice to see you as well. It's so weird. You know, when you've seen somebody on social media, on Instagram, yeah. and then you'd see them in real life. And I've been like proper following you now from the beginning of your sober journey. So it's so exciting to have you on. I'm dead excited. Thanks. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I was like, when I first started listening to you guys, I was like, I feel like I know them. I feel like, <laughs> I was like, I relate to all the stories. So I'm so excited to get to chat with you both. Oh, it's really lovely that you've come on. And just now, we already mentioned it at the beginning, but I'm so, last week was my fault. You were supposed to oh, be here last worry, week. I'm so sorry. And I do, do want to genuinely mean that. Like, I'm I'm usually one of the most organised people ever and I was going to Lisa, no, it's next week, it's next week, it's next week. 
listen is so fun i was just like oh i hope they're okay i was like i hope they're okay so i was just oh. glad it was you know what i've just realized i'm so sorry as well like i messaged you and i think my apology started with fuck (laughs) (laughs) again we're on that level now it's fine we basically know each other so said i'm sure i'll use a few swear words now today so it's fine oh well let's get to know you a little bit better do you want to kind of introduce yourself and i think I'd love to know what type of drinker you were before you tell us what brought you to sobriety. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name's Aidan. I am 25. I'm from Belfast, if the accent didn't give that away already. Yeah. Um, I was always pretty much a big drinker. But the only reason I say I was a big drinker is because before I started in this whole sobriety journey, I just considered myself a normal drinker especially being Irish. I mean, yeah. I there was growing up my whole life, drink was always a big part of it, you know. And I always remember, even when I was younger, having like a good association with it. Like it brought everyone together. It was a good time, family parties. Like I had a good image of it my whole life. I never knew any different. I started drinking properly when I was 14. No, I wasn't allowed to drink. <laughs> I still <laughs> remember my first drink being WKD Blue and going home absolutely pissed and thrown up and then trying to tell my grandparents no I'm like I'm not drunk like blue everywhere <laughs> it was like I promise I'm not drinking it was bubblegum juice I remember it so well um just drank like a normal teenager like everyone did in the parks every weekend and again never thought a problem everyone was exactly like me um yeah carried on through university Again, just I, I never noticed there was a problem. Now, I always sort of knew that I went a bit further than everyone else, if that makes yeah. sense. But yeah. I didn't see it as a problem because, like, to be honest, Geordie Shore was on the TV and that whole culture of like, oh my God, like, like, <laughs> I loved it. I wore it like a badge of pride. Like it was. And I think another aspect to it, which has only really came to light recently, was for me, I suffered with so many insecurities that that was my confidence. That was my thing. Now, yeah. I feel like I talk, like I know a lot about it, but back then I didn't. It's just because I've got sober and I've seen so many other people's mm-hmm. stories and things. I've been like, oh my God, yeah, that actually was what was happening. It wasn't that I was confident. It wasn't this, whatever. Yeah. Um. So drank, drank, drank. That was normal. Well, I thought it was normal. It wasn't normal. Um. And the, I started to get a bit sober curious. I would have said just before the pandemic was starting, just around that time. I'd graduated university. I'd applied to be cabin crew with British Airways and it sort of went tits up. I never ended up working for them. And I went back to Ireland after living in London for a bit and was just sitting drinking with my friends at the clubs. And I was like, look, I finished uni. What am I sort of starting to do with my life? Like I need to sort of have a plan, whatever. Then a a global pandemic fucking comes along and ruins everything, (laughs) whatever I had planned. Um, and then decided to get into my teacher training. So I moved to Liverpool and thought this was amazing. My life was on track. I was going in a good direction, good career. And what I actually realized that I was doing was like just covering up that there was actually a problem there. Do you know? Yeah. When I moved to Liverpool, it was in the middle of the pandemic. We thought it was over, but remember every time it was like pandemic, not in pandemic, rules. You can go out, you can go in, you can stay, you can see your dog, but you can't see your grandparents. No one <laughs> yeah. really knew what was going on. You're training in class. You're not meant to be in university, but you have to be in school. No one really knew what was going on. And my mental health really, really suffered. And I can associate now, my drinking started to get worrying. Do you know, it, yeah. it became shocking, honestly. 
to now two years on I'm still sort of like trying to be like what the fuck happened do you know was that you Aidan that thought the drinking had become worrying or is that you looking back now no back then back yeah. then I think it's a problem and I actually remember sort of going like I'm going to have to learn how to be a normal drinker or not get this bad because I didn't know any other option it was my problem I had the, everyone else was fine I was just thinking like I need to learn how to control my drink so maybe not drink vodka stick the pink gin mix it a bit more water between all the drinks, rules all around the- it yeah, yeah. yeah. did then- other people pick up on it as well were other people noticing changes yeah um I was in a relationship at the time and it was not the best relationship of um and I've always sort of said like for all the problems that went wrong all the things that went wrong in that relationship alcohol played a big part in it um sort of yeah. going out partying sort of all that sort of lifestyle um now I've sort of looked back again again I keep saying I look back at myself because I feel like I've done a lot of growth in this time but the one thing I think that I would apologize for or like hold my hands up to was the fact that I was causing a lot of problems just by going out getting drunk but I didn't know how to deal with the situation I didn't know how to express my emotions I would hold all these problems in and then just blow up you know and it was drink induced and again in the middle of a pandemic just drinking non-stop there was nothing else to do I was miserable and I didn't know how to deal with it but my ex-boyfriend always brought it up and sort of said like your drinking's a problem but I never seen it as like concern it was another yeah. reason for us to fight it was another reason to get into an argument that was another thing to pick on and again because I said like I had so much insecurities and problems with who I was I was like create another thing I'm not good at another thing that just is another problem you just made. Saw, so is it like an attack from him yeah, so I resented him and I drank more. Do you know, I didn't see it. Yeah. Like, even if it was coming from a place of concern to me back then, no, it was not. And it's only as I've sort of moved on and things have, the dust has settled, I said, right, you know what, maybe he might have had a point and I should have listened. But I'm here now and I'm glad where I am. So there's no point worrying about what happened in the past. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. We don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely loads. This week, we want to tell you about our amazing ambassadors and our Be Sober events. So did you know that you don't actually have to be a paying member to attend a Be Sober event? Although you absolutely will want to join when you realise how amazing everybody is. Find an event near you and share your Be Sober journey in a supportive and encouraging environment. So instead of spending all your money getting wasted this weekend, go to our website, click on what's on and find an event near you. And if there isn't one, sell your own. Get in touch. We can help you do it. Enjoy. So let, let's just fast forward then. So you, you, you've got to a point, and I, and I know Lisa will want to talk about probably how you did this, because we like to give our members tips because, you know, obviously that's what we're here for, sharing journeys. We get to the present day, you're a non-drinker now, mm-hmm. this is life. How much has your life changed since you gave up drinking? Oh my God. Um, oh, you've skipped way too far forward. Oh, I know, I, I know. But still, I, I still wanted more. I'll forget my question. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's actually really funny because it's coming up to six months next week. Amazing. And I just, like, I actually get emotional. I feel like I would, I would, I would cry when I think about that because... I never imagined that I could give up drinking alcohol. So to get to six months is like, oh my God, like this is actually really happening. Like you're doing this. Um, my life has changed. When I think about it, it's not been this big, massive, massive, drastic 
woke up one day, everything was perfect. But it's these wee small things that make me so happy. The way I react to things, life's still sometimes shit. I'm sure everyone knows that. But how I deal with it, like I'm just a lot more calmer. I just don't react. And people are noticing how I've changed. Like last year, um, things would have happened. I would have been like, fuck this. I'm raging. And I was always up here there was never like a mellow it was either i'm giving up i'm not doing this or any reason to have a problem it was flip reactions there was never just a calm like let me think about this or okay this isn't great but we'll move on it was always very extreme extreme happiness or extreme anger there was never like an in-between so i think since giving up drinking i find this like calmness which other people seem to be scared about because they're like are you okay (laughs) it does scare people i think can i ask you then because because I have followed you on Instagram mm-hmm. and you did look to have a very party lifestyle, very glamorous, amazing buildings, amazing scenery, the sun. It's like, yeah. you know, um, beautiful women, beautiful men. It's like living the dream, it's not like. Yeah. So how has that been like kind of with your friends? What what do they mm-hmm. think to all this? Um. Honestly, well, moving to Dubai, I'm not sure if you had mentioned already, but I moved to Dubai after leaving Liverpool and it was fantastic. It was a really good change of scenery. I needed, I got out of that party sort of scene that I had been in and it was a fresh start. But Dubai to be in the Middle East and you hear all the rules about drinking and all that, let me tell you now, it is just <laughs> as wet as it is in like any place in the UK. You can go out night after night. Girls get free drinks, I think, every night in at least one bar. But yeah, I... When I first moved here, it was constant partying. And again, I just basically swapped the location for the same lifestyle. Yeah. Um, since getting sober, I really, really appreciate here a lot more. I do appreciate the lifestyle that I have out here. Um, my friends have been nothing but supportive, honestly. Every single one of them have been so supportive, especially the friends I have here in Dubai. Um, never a question. They never even sort of questioned, well, why not? I think what one of the, a couple of them may have struggled with at first was thinking, I hope he's not just overreacting and, you know, like it's not tomorrow he'll flip. I think it took them a while to get on board with it, but they always supported me. And now they're like, oh my gosh, you're doing amazing and they're so encouraging. But I do laugh because I have one friend who will always go, I want to have a wee drink. Oh, wait, shit. Sorry. No, right. No, you're not drinking because me and her were like <laughs> the party go to. And yeah. she her like her right hand. I still go out with her now and she's like, I'm so proud of you not drinking and I'm so sorry, but she'll she'll always Aww. get forget to go get a drink. Oh, wait, no, you can't drink. You can't drink. But, yeah. <laughs> How do you find them nights out though? Do you, have they gotten easier? Were they difficult at first? Um... Look, I know this isn't everyone. Everyone doesn't always agree with this. I just went straight out and threw myself into it. Going yeah. out. To, it's always been a part of my life. For a while at first, I was going, no, I'm tired. Fuck this. I don't want to go out. But there is a part of me that actually does just enjoy going out, having a laugh with my mates. And I've only realized since giving up drinking that actually not all of my friends were as drinking as much as I do. I have friends yeah. who too the whole night and I'm like I never noticed that in the event yeah because you were too pissed to realize that they would go out and have one or two drinks and it sounds so weird but I have a closer connection to them now we were always friends but now our nights out like I actually can have a coherent conversation with them and it sounds so selfish of me before but I was always like just have a drink stop being boring yeah why are you getting on like that but now it's like no they're actually I'm so proud of them because they don't to me being a dickhead being like take a shot take a shot 
And yeah, all my friends have been so supportive. The nights out now, though, are good, but I'm always in bed for like one. And then... That's really late still. (laughs) For me, it's it's early. Yeah, but Alex, we've got like... Aiden's like 20 years younger than us. I don't don't say that. (laughs) You actually are as well. I know, that's really scary. (laughs) The hairline hairline says like 50, but yeah, I'm still in my 20s. Uh, How old are you, Aiden? I'm 25. You know, my Um, eldest daughter is 24. Oh, really? Stop. That is crazy. So yeah. basically, Lisa's saying you can call her mum if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you decided if you're going to be grandma, no. grandma, nana, nanny? Look, look, no, no, she still won't go there. I think it's going to be grandma, but oh. only my granddaughter will be able to say that word. <laughs> okay, that's a, good, that's a good, like... Do you know what, though? I think it's weird that anyone else would want to say that word to you. Like, I wouldn't come up to you and go, hiya, Grandma, because you're not my Grandma. I wish you did. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird. Like, it's funny that you have to consider who's allowed to call you Grandma. It's funny, though, because, like, my I have a granny and I call her granny and she'd be like, nanny, nana, all that never worked for. She was like, no, no, it's too old. But then some people think granny's really aging. People just have different, like... Yeah, it's all where you live, I think, isn't it? And what yeah. kind of your... So my grandma was a grandma. Of Mine was a nana, grandma, wasn't she? You yeah, my mum's been a grandma. And they've both been really glamorous, like... Mm-hmm. Re- and I, I hate the word glamorous gran as well. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's still old to me. But everyone used to be really shocked when they saw my grandma or knew that my mum was a grandma because they was like, oh, they look too young. But that's because they probably think the words old i don't know but yeah she'll be able to call me whatever she wants i don't care um but back to you anyway let's talk about you have just done your first sober christmas and new year Mm -hmm. how was that honestly fantastic um apart from being my first sober christmas and new year it was also my first christmas new year in dubai um i stayed here this year and i don't think I stayed here to I stayed here because I wanted to experience it quite honestly but I do think it made that period of staying sober easier because I had no family parties really to go to do you know things like that um so it was I have to be honest it was quite straightforward and easy for me I did listen to loads of podcasts during that time so I've been like a quit lit freak like I haven't stopped fucking reading sorry of course but I haven't stopped reading it's like if I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm reading. I'm really, I really have dived in because I want to do it well and it seems to be working. But Christmas and New Year's Eve were absolutely fine. Um, I just, I did make it special. Like I went and bought like no Seco to try and make it feel still nice. Yeah. Then I see the price of it in the mall and I was like, or in the shop and I was like, nah, I'll buy the cheaper version. Like, <laughs> the buy prices are sky high. I wanted no Seco and they must put on like an import tax. I was like, am I fuck paying that? I'll get the cheaper one. But it was still nice. I made it special and again, yeah, like had a lovely dinner. It just, it was a lovely, it was a great time. It was just, yeah, really, really lovely. But I do have to say like, since doing that and being here, I have to, I do feel a bit worried sometimes about when I'm next going to go home to Belfast. It's sort of like, I've never been sober in Ireland. I've never been yeah. sober there. So that'll probably be the big challenge for me. What yeah, there's all sorts of that? challenges along the way like that, aren't there? Can I ask you about your teaching? Because I, I think yeah. we've had a brief conversation once. My background, I was 20 odd years in teaching. Um, and it's a, 
I don't know what it's like out in Dubai. Mm-hmm. I pre- I'm presuming there's going to be expat teachers there as well. Is yeah. it bo- are they boozy? Oh, it's yeah, it's a big part of our culture. It's like yeah. when I moved out here, um, that was what we all did. Everyone just went out drinking every weekend. Although it's a massive city, you go to the same bars, same brunches, everyone knows everyone. It's a small community, and that is the social thing to do here. Yeah. Um yeah, when it comes to teaching as well, it was probably part of the reason why I got sober. Um, I don't make a lie of it or make it a secret that I'm not happy. Do you know, I tried the PGCE, I trained in England, was like, this isn't for me. I'll move abroad. I got offered a job here in Dubai. Um, things have happened here. Again, I don't mind talking about this on this podcast. I'm very open about it. Like, I am a gay man, if it wasn't obvious already. Um Part of the reason why I moved here um, was I was attacked in a homophobic attack in Liverpool. Um, drinking when you were a student, Aidan? Yeah, when I was doing my PGCA, my graduation night. Aidan, I'm sorry. I'm so glad that you've touched on this because this is why I didn't want Alex to zoom forward before because I kind of hopes that you would share this story with us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we just start from there then and sort of like... Yeah, 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 go for it, please. Um, so as I said, like the, the year in Liverpool was absolutely crazy. It was the toughest period of my life for my mental health, whatever, whatever. Um, just a lot of struggles with the pressure of a PGCE course and living in a pandemic and all that. My graduation night, I went out with my friends of my course. I had a couple of drinks, well, a lot of drinks. Um, and we were walking to a nightclub. And yeah, a, a guy came over and asked me, I can't remember what it was he even asked me for. I think it was like a cigarette or a smoke or whatever. And I said, I haven't got any, sorry, love. And that was just an off the cuff comment, whatever. He was absolutely off his face. Um, and he said something like, oh, what the fuck did you call me, love? And I went, yeah, what are you on about? No, just like giving it all that. And I said something like, fuck off, you're annoying me now. And he said something like, who are you talking to, you gay cunt? And I went, I'm talking to you. And it turned into a fight, turned into a scuffle. Now, I have to be very honest and hold my hands up. I defended myself. Like, he went to hit me. I hit him back. But then his friends jumped on. And one of his friends punched me with what had, like, this big massive ring on and cut the whole side of my face. Um, So that was that. And I was going to turn the job in Dubai down. The day, two days after I had to make the final decision, that happened. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to... I, need, I just need to go. And people sometimes have questioned me, like, well, why did you move to a country like the middle in the Middle East? Yeah. And again, I get people's reason for asking, but then I'm sometimes like, well, you don't know what I was going through. And in many ways, this country gave me a total new lease of life and got me out of that. Um, but yeah, that was drink involved as well. And I always sort of thought after, like, what if I hadn't have been as drunk? Would I have walked away? Would I have known not to react? Yeah. What would happen? I don't want to dwell on it too much because it happened and that was that. But that was the big reason why I moved here. But also moving here then, I drank the... the I never really processed the feelings of what happened after yeah, that. Yeah, it's really traumatising. I mean, that is a homophobic attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so moving here, I just again drank and never brought it up and never thought about it and just wanted to move on and never actually sat with the feelings and processed them since getting sober I've really really worked on it and sort of worked on myself and allowed myself to feel that fear and vulnerability and all the emotions that I was really suppressing I think with drinking the past couple of months before I gave up I became such an angry person I reacted so angry at any sort of 
person on a night out if anyone even looked at me funny I would be like what are you looking at and you know yeah. just me. and I do believe it was because I felt like I was trying to stick up for myself because I felt so vulnerable yeah. during that time so ever since then I was always angry on a night out and had my guard up and just not really a pleasant person and it wasn't really myself um but because of that attack um it was obviously put on the news and things since moving here to the Middle East um it was found out it was a big thing in in school um I've obviously made the decision that I'm going to move somewhere a bit more friendly because just I'm not going to change anything here and I also think what I wanted from Dubai was just a change of scenery and yeah. experience a part of the world and I've got that and I think I'm ready to move on to that next chapter but I'm also ready at the same time with teaching to move on to the next chapter because I think giving up drinking was me going do you actually hate teaching or is it because you're hungover Monday to Thursday yeah and not because I'm sober I'm like do you know what you just don't enjoy it, it doesn't it give you the clarity of like you now can absolutely hand on heart know that it's the teaching you oh, know yeah. you know that that and that's like it's so it fills you with such confidence knowing this is not for me completely. Will, will you stay in Dubai or will, will you do something completely different um do you want to know something this is something that I don't know is from sobriety I'm going to say it's from sobriety I have got this new lease of confidence like my fucking confidence is sky high I'm like the world is my oyster I can do whatever I want yeah. and I I do put it down to giving up alcohol because I'm like well I've done this what else can you do who's going to tell me no like stop putting limits on yourself so honestly Alex I am open to going anywhere if yeah. anyone's listening if anyone's listening and has a job let oh. me know but my one my one rule is that it's sunny I've got too used to the weather here so I'm hoping that yeah. I'll stay Aiden, you did a dream board the other day I spotted yeah. um what yes. what's on that then tell, tell us about that yeah oh wow um <laughs> I know I've sprung that on you Anna but, but really, I love a vision board a dream board yeah, it's the first time I've done one but there was loads of really random specific things like I want to go on like a wellness retreat I'm really into like my wellness thing now and yeah. looking after myself and skincare um and then underneath it I have like my career focusing on what it is I want to do figuring it out being more accepting of myself but the biggest thing that I put on it was uh, happy and alcohol free and yes. it was just an advert that I seen in a magazine for a drink that was alcohol free <laughs> and it said a happy alcohol free beverage and I was like that's me but I'll cut the beverage bit out <laughs> because I do have to be honest the things that are going good in my life I am going to say are because I'm I've give up drinking. Look, you sound like Lisa. This is it. <laughs> and this is why I say it though. Even like four and a half years later, I promise you, you will still feel like this. It yeah. gets better and better. And even now I know the things that are happening to me, the good things, the things that I'm proud of about myself, my family, my work is because I stopped drinking. It wouldn't be like this if I was still yeah. drinking alcohol. And it's, you can't not, I know it's not, it is because you got sober. That's it. End of. <laughs> I think as well. Yeah. Like, as I said, with my job, it was a respectable, it's a respectable job teaching you yeah. it's a good profession, good career. I did think I was using that at the time when I was drinking and partying and out all the time as like a cover to hide that side of myself that I wasn't maybe as proud of, or, you know, that I wanted to, and cover up especially being in the gay community as well there's a big issue with drinking and there's that's how you sort of find a lot about it a lot out about your identity the gay clubs the safe spaces yeah. but drink induced and um, so 
now that that's all gone, I feel like I have nothing to hide about myself. I'm very open, like, and part of me looks forward to leaving teaching. To again, I'm not trying to say that I want to like become this big influencer at all, but I want to share my story, and I feel like you should share your story. Help other oh, young yeah, people and young LGBTQ people yeah. themselves because there's so many things I wish I had of known. When I was 16, 17. No, honestly, and I'm not just saying this. Before you even said it, I thought, I wonder whether you should just become a speaker. You should get on a stage yeah. and you should tell your story because yeah. it's so inspiring. It, even, you know, outside of the LGBTQ plus community, it's yeah. inspiring. So for people who can see, actually, you can break down all these barriers and overcome all these obstacles and come out the other side feeling amazing, looking amazing, being amazing. Tell your story. I think that's your career you're going to be a speaker <laughs> I, love it. I would love it i would love it my mom would probably tell me to speak slower when I'm in the like, full belfast but yeah i love your see, accent again the world is my oyster so we'll see what happens but i am just filled with confidence and yeah as i said i just want to use this experience that I've had for good and not let it go to waste, you know. Adrian, so. I think you'll help so many people. You know, um in Manchester we've got like the gay village. So yeah. you know if anybody comes out <laughs> right, it's like, oh do you want to go to the gay village? It's like yeah. which is obviously all drinking, there's drugs, there's like it's an absolute nightmare. So I think, you know, to to see somebody living the best life without alcohol is really really inspiring and because yeah. you're still doing all these incredible things and still going out and still looking all glamorous like your pictures are i want to come to dubai and i never thought i wanted you're more to than welcome. You're more than welcome, honestly don't we'll invite her. She'll be there. She likes. Yeah, she's, well. honestly, she wants. She's just been saying to me before this podcast that she's going to have lots of holidays this year. You could end up with an in your with front a little room. Visitor. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, no, but it is like what you said. But when I was thinking about this, the person that actually really first like sparked my interest in somebody was Dean McCulloch. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah, met, we met Dean. Yeah, BBC. he's from Belfast as well. Him, like, he interviewed us, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. unreal. But I sort of, I know of him just from being from Belfast, whatever. Obviously, he's doing amazing things for Radio One. And I think I followed him when he was talking about being sober. And I remember part of it was probably jealousy. I was like, I want what he has. He has given yeah. up drinking and his life has changed. I want a bit of that. Um, so he's inspired me. So I want to hopefully inspire people in turn, you know. Yeah, you will. Do you have any more questions, Lisa? No, but I did just want to say that um, I got my last wedding was in Northern Ireland. We got I love how she had my last wedding. It's like she hadn't been married loads, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, sh I, shouldn't, competition. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have got married. Um, but it was at the Giants Causeway, which is like the most oh beautiful. Yeah. It was the most beautiful venue, the beautiful thing, but just the wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> you know we say this all the time things like this but when when your best friend calls you from the runway of an aeroplane going he's in the toilet shall i get off you know <laughs> you know she shouldn't be doing it 
Well, like everything has a positive side. You got a nice, a nice holiday. You got a nice view of the Giants Causeway, I suppose. Oh, so I want to go back so much, but I feel like it's weird if I go back with my boyfriend. I got married here and I did. Change the narrative. Change the narrative. It's not yet. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I think. Just paper over, go with the new guy, and then the old one becomes oblivious. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But we've just literally been talking before Alex and I about going to Dublin, which yeah, yeah. is more southern. Yeah. But because um, we went twice before and got absolutely smashed so it'd be nice to kind of go we might we might test it out before you actually yeah we'll let you know how we get on because i am a super fan of the podcast as you know already but i heard your podcast with melissa kelly and i heard you saying like you would love to go so like you have to do it and then you can let me know if it's worth visiting yeah and maybe then i'll do. go home yeah, definitely. I want to go for the music and the dancing and everything. Like, I, I really loved all that. I loved it drunk. I still love it sober. See, that's the thing, I think, with me, like, why I didn't want to just stop going out. It, I love it. I do enjoy that, like, pub culture of, like, live music bands. And I was like, I shouldn't give that up. If I still enjoy it, I should be allowed to go and take Our late night will be, like, 10 p.m., though, like... Yeah. <laughs> If I'm there, maybe half eleven. If I go out with you, we'll stretch at the half eleven. We'll come to an agreement. We'll let's meet in the middle. I can't, I can't believe the older people that somebody says that to us. We did actually. <laughs> it's actually freaking me out so much. We did actually have a late night not long ago, though, didn't we? We went out in Manchester. We actually stayed out till half one. We did really yeah. well. Oh, see, <laughs> no, see, last Friday I was out till one. Were you? Yeah. Party animal. I know. Yeah. And I felt, I swear, I felt actually hungover the next day. And I think it's because I'd had so many alcohol-free cocktails um, and all the sugar and I suppose they have chemicals in, don't they, and what have you. But I was like, ooh, I've got a bit rough today. That still happens to me. Like, they're not hangovers, but like... I drank so much soda water that I end up feeling like shit the next day, like sick, like a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much sugar. It is like a sugar rush. It is. Yeah. I still drink quick. I don't know about you, but when I go out, because I used to be quite socially anxious and like I'd always have a drink in my hand. That's, I don't know why I've got a bottle. I'm pretending to have a bottle in my hand right now, but it like really helps. So I still drink the drink speedy. Yeah. No, I'm definitely the same. And like as well, I actually sickened myself of soda water lime. I'm like, no, I'm done with it. But then I'm I'm a bit like of a creature of habit. I'm like, I don't want to change. I know I like that. Let's stick to it. Um, also, drinks here are still so expensive. Mocktails here are just as expensive as cocktails. Do you know? Uh, and how I'm much is the mocktail now? It's not far off here. Um, over here, it's about 12, 13 pounds. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> one place I actually went to recently where the beer was cheaper than the Red Bull. And I was like, this is just so... People don't think know these things about the Middle East. You know, I'm I'm not talking for the whole region. There is places that are are completely dry and stuff. Yeah. Dubai is as damp as you want it to be. Like... Yeah. So have you saved money then, would you say? No, he's been buying mocktails. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could lie and say yes, but no, because as soon as I stopped drinking, I was like, treat yourself, treat yourself. 
everything's a treat. Yeah, that's fine, like. So, yeah, but as I said, like, I came here for the experience. I did honestly have the best intentions to save, but it's just so expensive out here. Do you know, like, they've, they've recently lowered the tax they've got rid of the tax on alcohol so the drinks are actually meant to be going cheaper which obviously i'm like someone's testing me up there because see when i was drinking yeah for a drink and now i've stopped and you're wanting to bring the price down so whoever's up there is trying to test me but yeah um it's you know what um out here life just is expensive in general and i haven't saved but i have memories for a lifetime yeah you That's do amazing. it's amazing it is, it is amazing i've so loved yeah, well, watching no your journey Aiden. i really honestly it's um on, on my personal instagram as well i don't follow as many sober accounts anymore yeah. because we've got like the be sober but i do i do follow you on that and i just honestly i love seeing it like when you put your pictures up of when you'd hit like a hundred days and things like that it's just yeah. so so inspiring you said so ages ago didn't you like Aiden it. on the podcast yeah as and then we were saying we need stuff. some men on the podcast so you was like um hello <laughs> uh, do you want to know something for me this is like a challenge for me to do because it's like I don't give myself enough credit for what's going on and, I, and I'm not trying to say that it's a big deal but to me it is a big deal, it is a big deal. and it's like I want to share it and I'm so proud of myself and it's like I one of my new year's resolutions was like give yourself credit for the work that you do yeah. regardless whether it's in your actual job or just trying to be a better person and trying to change your life do you know so if anyone's listening and got a nice sunny job for you that to get in touch yeah sign me up sign me up and can, can you I pay for his flights because he's not saved any money yeah pay for his <laughs> flights and make sure you stock up on the soda and stock up on some mocktails yeah. and he wants it in the sun and a yeah. good speaker job <laughs> yeah absolutely all sounds amazing so you know we, we said oh go on go i just want to say honestly you you should be dead proud of yourself good. you have you are an inspiration and i think keep just keep doing what you're doing really Thank you. We're very proud of you, honestly. And that's not meant as patronising as it actually came out of my mouth. We are. (laughs) You always say that at the end of your sentences. And it's done, honestly. I'll have to stop saying that. Because then it makes people think you were being (laughs) patronising. Well, can I just say then, like, I'll just give my unbiased opinion. Like, you're, as I don't know, I don't even think I mentioned this. Your podcast is the first one I found. I loved it that much. I joined the, the community. And... I do not feel patronized at all. That community is so supportive. I used to go to some of the Wednesday meetings. It's so hard with like the time difference. But like, if anyone's listening, you guys are not patronizing at all. Like, it's <laughs> supportive, amazing community. And the podcast is just brilliant. So like, thank Aww. you guys both for like really thank helping you. throughout this all. Well, we have to finish with our question, which as you know, you will actually already have thought the answer to <laughs> <so good. laughs> So the be sober motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which one do you most relate to right now and why? Oh, be brave. Because I feel like I'm in this big period of transition and being brave is all I have. Do you know, I'm changing my job. I might be moving country and just being brave is what I'm going to do. Take risks. If you fall, you fall. If you fly, you fly. Yes. Oh, I love that answer. <laughs> but I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. You're definitely going to fly. You're definitely going to fly. Oh, thank you so much. I honestly, you've been like a breath of fresh air. It was just what we both needed today. It really oh, was. Thank so, you so much. I've um, 
you were worth the wait. <laughs> and, and you're number one in our season, like episode one in our season. So that's you're kicking oh. the season off on Saturday morning. So oh wow, thank yeah. you so much. Stop. <laughs> Thank you so much for speaking to me. I actually really loved it. It was great to see you guys too. And, and now I go back well. to marking books. Yeah, to I don't miss that. I don't miss it. You're doing the right <laughs> thing. Get out, get out. <laughs> Take care. See you later. It was lovely to see you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, please, please share it with your friends to help spread the Be Sober love. And if you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time, be brave, be kind and and be be sober. sober. We're so professional now. (laughs) 